Luke 24, go there in your Bible, go to verse 13. I'm gonna read some scriptures that might not make sense to everybody just yet, but don't you worry, I'm gonna bring context to what we're reading. If you're an old school Christian, you've been believing for a while, maybe you've heard this story before, but I'm gonna come out of some verses in Luke chapter 24, verse 13, and, uh, and then just a little bit later, I'll put us all on the same page. Does that sound good? Luke 24, verse 13, and uh, I'm going to go there right now from my very holy anointed iPad. Luke 24, verse 13. It says, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself, to verse 17, and he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one of those whose name was Cleopas, which would just be awful if that was your name, answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what, what, what things are you talking about? So they said to him, the things which happened there in these days. And he said to them, uh, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. Verse 20, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things have happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And certain of those who were with us, the guys, they went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe, and all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I love this portion of scripture. The things concern himself. He began to open up their eyes and begin to explain from the Old Testament to the present day reality. This is the day that Jesus rose from the grave. He began to explain to them things about himself. I want to preach a message this Easter Sunday, and I'm so excited to be here together. I want to preach a message. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title. It's called Open Heaven. Open Heaven. Why don't you look at somebody next to you and tell them, Open Heaven heaven. Come on, tell somebody next to you. Just tell somebody, just those two words. Just say, open heaven. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe that God will speak to us today. Hey, again, if you're new to church, we hope this is a painless experience, but we do pray that you're impacted by the love of God. Amen? Church is this place that should be enjoyed, not endured. Somebody say amen. I grew up, grew up in church. I've been to a lot of services that were mad boring. Hopefully today you're not bored, but you're encouraged and you're strengthened and you leave better than you came. Sound good? Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are so good and so gracious and so kind. Today we ask by the power of your spirit, come and encourage us, come and reveal your son to us. Thank you that you are so loving and so kind, so generous. Today we acknowledge the fact that you are not dead, but you are alive. We recount this story to our soul so that we know that we know that we know that you're a God that is good and you're a God that's working on 
on our behalf. We love you today. And God, we bless the city of Los Angeles, in particular, the basketball teams of this great city. We declare your blessing on the Lakers. Let the glory rise again, for truly we have been dead, and we're declaring resurrection power this next year in the name of Jesus. God, we're also speaking to the Clippers. And God, I guess you love them too. So God, we're praying for them, a blessing upon them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Come on, church, we need a little bit more faith than that. And everybody said, amen. amen. Go Lakers. Um, have, you, have you ever gone to a, a, an establishment, to a place, could be a restaurant or a Starbucks or something, you ever gone to a place that you thought was open, but, but, but to, to your chagrin, you find out that it's actually, it's closed. This has ever happened to you, let me just see your hand. You've ever been to a place, it's, it's closed, but, but, but it's supposed to be open. Like you did your due diligence, you got on your iPhone, you looked up the thing, you got on the Yelp thing, you found out the hours of operation, and you go to a place and it's closed for business when it's supposed to be be open for business. This has ever happened to you? This is the worst thing in the whole world. I, I just hate, I wish all businesses would just be open at all times. I just wish all restaurants would be open at all times. There ain't nothing worse when, when you it's late at night and you have transferred from hungry too hangry and you need to eat something immediately like a snicker bar and you're you're hangry and you're trying to find a place to eat but nothing's open does ever happen to you nothing's open you're like you're frantic you're you wanting to kill everybody and you're like ah we just wish something was open but everything's closed Th this is the worst feeling and you know what bothers me it bothers me when a place says it's closing at 11 p.m and i rush to go to an establishment and i get there at 10 50 i have 10 more minutes and you get there at 10 50 and the establishment is closed this happened to you. The struggle is real, people. I'm preaching from pain today, okay? But now I remember a couple summers ago, Julie and I, we got really into ice cream. Like, we were into this one ice cream shop so much. Like, we always go to ice cream. Ice cream is this, this love affair that I have. It is the best. And 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 we, we every person that, that we talked to, we tried to sell them on this ice cream. And anybody that hadn't tried the ice cream yet, we felt like it was our duty to drive them to the ice cream place just so that they could taste it. And if I have to taste it too, well, we're just we're there and we're together. Let's just have some ice cream. So, so this summer we just I gained a lot of weight, but um, it was a great summer. And and we just go to this ice cream place. Well, this one night we went to the ice cream place. We're talking to our friends. It's late in the night, and and but we've looked and it's still open. Technically, it's still open. So we rush to this place. We get to the ice cream place. It's supposed to close at eleven. It's ten fifty. I come up and and the sign's not doesn't say open. It's flipped over to to close, and I start, I'm just, I'm not that guy, I'm just, I got too much Mexican in me, I'm not the guy to be like, oh, it's fine, let's just go to another place, and th they'll probably serve ice cream too, like, I like going to, s Ralph's has, I they sell dryers, like, I'm not that guy, I'm not that guy, I'm not that guy, so I'm like, I walk up to the window, and I'm like, dunk, dunk, like, I'm knocking on the thing, like, hey! I got 10 more minutes. Like, I'm like, you are going to open your doors because I need ice cream. I have not had any since last night and I need more. And, like, I mean, and I'm like, I'm like trying and they're like, they're, you, you, I would love to be this person someday. They're inside, it, the doors are locked. It says closed and they're like, <laughs> I just one day want to do this to somebody. I, there's so many emotions that are invoked within me when this happens. And I'm like, I, I'm not, again, I'm not that persuasive. I'm not, I, I, can't, I can't do the sweet talk. So I have to go get my wife from the car. She comes and she works her magic. And then all of a sudden at 10.55, we got to come in and have some ice cream. Holla at your boy on Easter Sunday. I was just so happy. <laughs> it's the worst. 
It's the worst when something's closed when it should be open. It's the worst when something's closed when it has the, the ability to, to open up. I want to talk today about the power of our God that not only closed up death and the sting of sin, but the reality of what this day symbolizes and, and what his resurrection opened up for you and I. Love this story, The Road to Emmaus. It's a story about two guys, one of them named Cleop Cleopas. Doesn't have that much followers on Instagram because it's, it's a tough social media to follow, Cleopas. Anyways, he, um, he's on his way. The Bible says he's on the road to Emmaus. Now, just geographically, so we're all on the same page. They have just left the holy city, the holy city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where Jesus Christ himself was, 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 was captured and sold out by his friend Judas Iscariot. And, and they whipped him and, they, and, they, and then they put a crown of thorns on him and they mocked him and they took our God to a place called Golgotha and they hung him on a cross next to two robbers. One was on his left and one was on his right. And one of them was smart enough to say, hey, Jesus, uh, I know you the truth. And so today, do you think I can go where you're going? And Jesus says, today, you're gonna be with me in Paris. Para, paradise and um, <laughs> a lot of coffee and, um, and Jesus dies for the sins of the world and, and the Bible says for three days he, he, he goes to the grave for three days he's well quite frankly he's dead but remember he, he told his disciples guys don't worry I have to go to Jerusalem I have to be betrayed I have to be crucified. I have to die for three days, but don't you worry. I am not a prophet. I'm the Messiah. After three days, I I'm going to get up. I I'm going to rise from the dead. And he told all these guys, but it's interesting when you tell a crowd one thing, some people really listen and absorb it. Other people, it goes in one ear and out the other. Now, where we pick up the story, it's, it's two guys that were a part of the crew, but they couldn't absorb the reality of what Jesus said. Jesus has now been dead for three days. He's been dead in the grave. And the Bible says these guys are walking a seven-mile journey to Emmaus. This is equivalent of a two-hour walk. They're walking seven miles, two hours. They're walking on the road to Emmaus, which is towards Galilee, where they're from. So in other words, translation, they're leaving following God, and they're going back to their job and back to their businesses and back to their old life. They're on the road to Emmaus. They're walking out and the Bible says that they did not feel comfortable having this conversation in the holy city where there's conflict with the Jews. But now that they're a little bit outside of the city, they start to talk about their real emotions. You ever be somewhere socially and you know you can't really bring up a subject because so-and-so's right there. So you wait till you get in the car and then you start talking. That's what these guys are doing. They say, I can't have this conversation in Jerusalem where there's a lot of conflict, but now we outside the city, they start to talk amongst themselves. And as they're in their, their discouragement, while their heads are, are hanging, while they are in the midst of their depression, they just feel like they wasted three years of their life. All of a sudden, on the road to Emmaus, who is to show up? Lo and behold, here comes Jesus. And Jesus shows up and he goes, hey, guys, um, what you talking about? In fact, Jesus shows up and the Bible says that he restrains their eyes from recognizing him. So he begins to talk and he goes, whoa, 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 what are you guys, uh, what are you guys talking about, huh? 
And instead of like skipping the subject, like, I don't know who you are, bro, but, but um, you got to go somewhere. They start to engage Jesus. They go, well, have you not heard? Are you the only person around here that hasn't heard the news about this guy, Jesus? I mean, we've been following him for three years. And did you not know what happened in Jerusalem? I mean, this guy, we were, we watch what verse 31 says. We were, we were hoping he was going to redeem Israel. We were hoping that, that he, he, he was going to save us from our sins, but it turns out he's kind of like a Moses, just another, another prophet who was mighty in deed, mighty in works. But, but, but you know, it's, it's interesting. Some of our girls said they, they went to go see his grave today, and, well, they said he rose from the dead, and some of our guys even said that he's no there longer in the tomb. But, but notice the tone of their voice. Notice the language and the jargon. They're speaking from defeat. They're speaking from discouragement. They're speaking from doubt. They're going, this these women, they fantasize that Jesus is from the, rose from the dead. They, fan, they want to believe that he accomplished it. But we're getting out of here. We're going back home. We're taking our ball and we're leaving because it's not real. I love Jesus. Jesus, he shows up right in the middle of your depression. He shows up right in the middle of your pain, right in the middle of your questioning. Watch what Jesus does. The Bible furthers on the story and it says they go and they have a meal together. And Jesus, all of a sudden, he begins to open up their eyes to show them he he is who he says he is. He begins to open up their hearts so that something burns and they feel a sensation that he's real. He begins to open up their reasoning so they can understand who he is. I'm going to give you a few things to write down, but write down the first one tonight. Sorry, this morning. <laughs> write down the first one. Number one, he opens eyes, hearts, and minds so we can know him. He opens eyes and he opens hearts and he opens minds, they're walking down the road and the conversation is getting heavier and, and Jesus begins to, to explain who he is and, and he starts from the Old Testament and he goes, come on guys, Mo Moses talked about me and, 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 and Isaiah talked to me and, and Malachi and Habakkuk and, and, and Joel and, and all the prophets foretold. He starts going through the Old Testament and this is the, all the scriptures that were about me. And then, and then furthermore, they go and they sit and they have a meal and Jesus begins to open up their eyes so that they can see who he really is. Watch this in Luke chapter 24, just a few verses later and watch what the Bible says about their eyes being opened. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened up the scriptures to us? I want to tell you the sequence of how God works in your life. God first wants to open your eyes. God wants to open your eyes so you can see him. He wants to open your, God work, he don't, he don't open your mind first, he opens your eyes first. Let me tell you why God opens your eyes. Because in life you need vision. In life you gotta be able to see. Stop looking for evidence of his absence when there's evidence of his presence. And all of a sudden you begin to see God in your home. You begin to see the hand of the Lord working in your life. You begin to see how God, he opened this door and closed that door. And he promoted you here and he kept you away there. And the, the hand of God was on your life and things started working together. So I'm telling you, God wants to open your eyes so you can see what he's been doing in your world, what he's been doing in your home, what he's been doing in your soul. Come on, anybody thankful today that the first place that God touched, he wants to touch your eyes. That's why in the gospels, he would always go around and he would always touch blind people. Because how detrimental to a life, what kind of a life would it be to live blind? Some of us have sight, but you can't see anything. That's why the Bible says having eyes to see, but you cannot see. 
And God comes, he, he opens up their eyes so they can see him. Woo! What would your world look like if you could get a glimpse of Jesus? You say, wow, Jesus, you've been keeping me from all that stuff. You, you've been protecting me. I talked to so, so a young man the other day, and he said, you know, it didn't make sense to me before. He said, but now that I look back on it, now that I am in faith, now that I've received grace, he said, I can go back, and this relationship was God, this incident was God, this thing that I didn't get was God. He said, I can see the hand of the Lord working on my life, but what he couldn't see before, he can see now. Come on, anybody thankful today that though you were blind, come on, amazing grace, now you can see. They're walking on the road and they can't see hope, but he's walking with them. They're walking down the road and they can't see Jesus. Come on, sometimes Jesus is next to you and he's helping you and he's encouraging you and you can't even see him. And Jesus comes to open eyes and then watch what he does. He touches hearts. He said, they said, but did you notice was it just me or didn't our hearts not burn within us when he talked to us? I can always tell when God begins to work in somebody's life because a heart shift starts to happen. There starts to be a change of heart. He opens the eyes and then he touches the heart. And when the heart starts to soften, and when the heart starts to get moldable and pliable and soft before the Lord, that's when Jesus can come in and he can touch a heart and he can take that which is closed and he can open it up. He can take that which was hardened and he can make it soft. He can take that which was not workable with or pliable and he began to be the, be the potter that he is with the clay. Come on, anybody thankful today that he doesn't just want to give you some vision, but he wants to give you a new heart. I said, did, 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 you, did you notice that when, when, when he talked to us, our hearts burned within us. Someone asked me recently, why in the world did you move to Los Angeles to start a church? You have a sick daughter, you have kids, you guys are putting out more kids. You're on the, you're on the rhythm of putting out a kid every two years, just on the kid rhythm. And says, well, more Sour Patch kids, we're gonna keep making babies. And um, why did y'all start a church in LA? I, I can't, I, I don't have an explanation for you other than I felt something in my heart. God always works in hearts. He loves to come and touch your heart. You might not be able to articulate, but you say, I felt something. How come you're a believer? Why you believe in this resurrection stuff? I feel something in my heart. He touches eyes. He touches hearts. And then what was the third thing he did? He began to touch with their mind, their reasoning. They opened up scriptures and, and they began to understand how God works, how God thinks, why life is the way that it is, why he wants to do what he wants to do, who he is in our world. I love that we serve a God that when he opens up eyes and he touches hearts and he begins to work with your reasoning, it always is so that we know more about him. He didn't open up the scriptures so that they become wise. He opened up the scriptures to talk about him. Please understand, the Father is obsessed with the Son. The Holy Spirit points us to the Son. The scriptures point us to the Son. Everything about this kingdom is all about Jesus. Jesus himself points us to himself. Anybody thankful today that God doesn't point us to a weird thing or an obscure thing, but he always points us to the main thing that our eyes need, that our hearts need, that our minds need. We need Jesus, and that's why he showed up. Come on, feel free to apply it on Easter Sunday if you believe it. Love this about Jesus. And by the way, when Jesus shows up on the road to Emmaus, when Jesus shows up in your world, Jesus showed up on the road to Emmaus the very day that he rose from the grave. If I was Jesus and I rose from the grave, I'm just gonna be honest with you, if I would just rose from, dead three days, rose from the grave, first place I would have went to is Pontius Pilate's house. I would have went to Pontius Pilate's house like, what's up now? What's up now? 
I would have went to the, the to, remember to the soldiers that were, were making fun of him and brought the sour wine to him and, and make it, you're the king of the Jews. I would have went to the soldier's house like, what's up now? <laughs> Where's Jesus? Jesus, in all of his compassion, doesn't reveal himself to a crowd of thousands, but he shows himself to individuals. Don't you feel lost in the crowd today because Jesus wants to show up in your world. Even if you're on a road going the opposite way, opposite of the will of God for your life, God will show up on a road of rebellion to soften your heart. He opens up his eyes and opens up his hearts. And, and you know what I love about Jesus? He didn't just open up eyes and, and hearts and minds, but I love that he, he opens up access. Write down number two, and I hope this encourages you, that he gave us access to all that we need. In Jesus, in Christ, we have access. He has opened up all the relationships that we need. Jesus opened up access to the Father. There used to be a wall of separation. I got access now. Jesus opened up access to everlasting life. I used to before, could not get to heaven, but now I have access and I have a way to heaven. I used to not have access to the Holy Spirit, but through the death and resurrection of Jesus, now I have the Holy Spirit living in me. I have access to everything that I need. The other day, Julie and I, we went to a concert with a friend. And I was really excited to go to this concert. And we were, we were really pumped because, you know, he said, he texts us, okay, I got you guys tickets and I got you passes. And I'm thinking, when you get access passes at a concert, like that's the best that there is, right? So we get to the spot and we get to the little place you're supposed to pick up our tickets. And, you know, we put our name down, show our ID and everything. And he, he met us there. And, 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 and so, you know, we put our cell phones and everything. Like you're going to walk through TSA at the concert, right? You're going to walk through the metal detectors and everything. And, and we show the guy, that, uh, the attendant, our, our passes. And the guy says to us, oh, your passes don't work back here. You got to go around. I looked at my friend like, what kind of pass you get me? <laughs> Some kind of pass. I can't even go. It, really? And, and, and we said, well, this has, gives us access to this one area. And they said, well, yeah, you have access to the area, but you can't go through here. So we said, fine. He goes, meet us around. So Jew and I, we walked the Jericho mile around the whole thing. And <laughs> the Bible jokes, you guys are great. And... Um, and we go down, we actually beat him to the spot and we're hanging out. And, but I noticed the whole night, we're at the concert, we're having a great time. And I noticed that, you know, I was in the very aisle of the, at this concert. And, and you know, my friend would come and he'd stand next to me. And, and the attendants, they're on it, right? You know, the security, they got the flashlights and the suits and everything. And they come by and they try to shoot my friend away. You know, the flashlight's like, hey, move it, buddy. Move it, buckaroo. And, you know, they're trying to move him around. And, and, and my friend, all he did, all the whole night, he just, he just showed him the past, just like, <laughs> Someone go, try and move him again. Just show him the path all day long. Just wherever we went, just roll with him because he had all access pass. Let me encourage you today. You got an all access pass. Through the blood of Jesus and the cross and the sacrifice, you got all access to the Father. You got all access to heaven. You got all access to the Holy Spirit. Come on, you're not limited in your access. You might be here today going like, yeah, you, bro, you don't know me. I've done some stuff, homie. I've been places. I've done things. God doesn't limit your access based upon your behavior. God limits your access based upon your beliefs. If you believe in him, you have all access. You got access to the Father. You got access to the Spirit. You got access to everlasting life. Love John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whomsoever shall believe in him. 
whomsoever. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what your past looks like. I don't care if you have money or don't have money. I don't care if you've done a lot of bad things or a few bad things. Whomsoever shall believe in him shall have access shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I love what Romans chapter eight, verse 11 says. Romans chapter eight, verse 11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You realize what the Bible's saying? The Bible is saying to you and I that now through Jesus, it used to not be this way, but now with Jesus, you have access to the spirit within you. The spirit used to dwell just among us. And now through Jesus, it dwells in us. Not an alternative spirit, but the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. Same power. Through Jesus, we're not going to hell. If you believe in him, we get everlasting life. Through Jesus, we don't just have to go to some priest to make sacrifices for us to talk to the father, but we have straight access to the father. Yesterday, I was driving in Santa Monica, and it was a very busy day in Santa Monica, and I was trying to beat through the traffic, and so I, you know, skidded along, you know, just kind of got out of the lane and made it down to this next light, and I was going to take a right on this place. I always, it's my shortcut, and I go to take a right, and I notice right away when I'm taking a right, there's all these cones and a police officer there, and I thought, this is terrible. If it was just the cones, I'd move the cones myself, but there's a cop, so I can't do it. <laughs> it sucks. So I'm stopped there. I'm wondering, how am I going to do this, and now i got to... When the light turns green, I got cut in front of everybody. How am I going to do this? And, I, and I, right when I'm watching the cop and this whole thing, is this is terrible. I watch from over this side, this big suburban pulls up and this guy and his wife, they come to the officer and I'm thinking, this idiot, the officer is going to tell him, what are you doing? But, the, but he waved at the officer and the officer waved at him and he moved the cones and the guy just went through. And I thought, who is that? You ever think, is that a celebrity? Is that a celebrity? Oh, it's somebody. It's totally somebody. That's a celebrity. I don't recognize him. See from Walking Dead? A celebrity. I'm thinking, why does this guy have access? But I don't have access. Don't listen to the devil try and restrict your access because of who you are. Now, I'm telling you, you have access through Jesus. What used to be closed to you because of your lack of discipline and your lack of giving and your lack of, of motivation, what used to be closed to you by the law through the grace of God and the sacrifice of Jesus. Come on. He gave us access to everything that we need. Somebody on Easter Sunday ought to give Jesus a little bit of praise because he opened my eyes and my heart and my mind and he gave me access. So you know what I think? I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. You know what I think? I think because of who Jesus is in our world, and I think because of this hope that we have that is an unreasonable hope, I think you ought to just keep showing up. Let me just say that to some people here today. Just keep showing up. Just, just keep showing up. Because of Christ, because of this hope, I say for you and I, we ought to just say today, I'm going to just keep showing up. I, 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 I think it's, it's amazing to watch people like Erica and her beautiful video and that story. And Erica's here in the front row and a huge part of Zoe Church, a huge church builder, sat 
in a service just like this on an Easter years ago. God began to reveal hope to her and opened up her eyes to see what she had never saw before. Her heart, something she'd never felt before. Her mind, something that never had been opened to before. And she didn't just say yes on Easter, she just kept showing up. I, I think you should just keep showing up. You might say, well, man, like, I, I, I cuss a lot. It's all right. <laughs> keep showing up. Yeah, yeah, but, I, but you don't know. Like, I got this issue, man. I got, this, got a big issue. <laughs> we all got big issues. My wife still sour patches from her children. <laughs> you can keep showing up. Keep showing up, man. Working out your problems, so am I. Show up. I, I just, I read the story and I'm like, huh? Are you for real? Are you for real? Y'all are on the road to Emmaus, back to Galilee. Quitting so soon. When there are some girls, you know the girls that just kept showing up? One of them was named Mary, who Jesus had casted seven demons from. But she kept showing up. These guys are on the way. And they're like, man, forget it, man. We're out of here. This God thing didn't work, man. This Christianity stuff sucks. We're out of here, man. Church sucks. Hate it. Church sucks. Church people suck. You suck. That's who sucks is you. Right. Jesus is like, hey guys. What are you guys talking about? How much you suck. And while they're over here quitting on Christianity, and their calling and their dream and what they had just given their life to, these two girls, Mary and Mary, said, y'all can go to Emmaus. I don't care. Go to Galilee for I care. But I'm going to show up. I got to see for myself. I got to get to that tomb early in the morning. Where is my Savior? Where is my Lord? These girls, just because they showed up, they heard and they experienced what to me are the greatest words that have ever been echoed in the history of humanity. Don't you get caught tied up on Good Friday. It is finished. Oh, I love Good Friday. It's God's Friday. It is finished. Those three words. Oh my gosh, it's powerful. It's amazing. And Jesus died and everything went black and the veil torn in two and, and death went down and, and the mom began to cry. But come on, church, the greatest three words that were ever spoken was what was spoken to Mary and Mary when an angel of the Lord said, He is risen. Just you keep showing up. Come on, I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but let what is closed be closed and let what is open be the heavens. Come on, if you believe it today, you ought to lift your voice. You ought to lift your hands. Jesus is Lord.